Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast. I'm Alec Mappa, and today it's just me. You have me all to yourself. Lonnie Love is making a movie, and I'm so excited for her career. And if you've been listening to the show, thank you. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome. Usually Lonnie Love is here, and we talk about everything that she's involved in. (laughs) You know, she's doing movies. She's helping host a magic show with Chris Angel in Vegas. She's getting an award here. She's attending a a movie premiere there. And so there's always lots to talk about. But she is on a film set right now where she is the lead. And we're so excited for her. I have had a slow work summer, but it's fall here in Los Angeles and everybody's getting back to work. I am currently filming a show for Disney Plus called Villains of Valley View. And it's a kid's show that I recurred on last season. It got picked up. Yay! For another season. It's currently on Disney Plus. You can see me as Mr. Tennyson, the high school principal and nosy neighbor on Disney Plus on episodes three and 14. And this season, I'm going to be on practically every episode. So I'm really excited about that. The show is about supervillains who are hiding out in suburbia. So it's like they're in the, the Incredibles, only they're bad guys. So I'm kind of like the Mrs. Kravitz. Remember on Bewitched, whenever something supernatural would happen, Mrs. Kravitz would be like, what's going on over there? That's my character, basically. <laughs> Every time I show up, something outlandish happens. The, you know, the house takes off like a spaceship or something explodes. And then they clean it up with their superpowers. And I'm left sputtering at the end of this episode like, what, what, what? There was just an elephant in the room. You know, it's that sort of thing. Anyway, I'm on Disney+. Plus. Check it out. I'm so excited about working for Disney. All I want is free stuff. I want free trips to Disneyland. I want mouse ears. I want the whole thing. I'm going to milk this for everything that it's worth. Listen, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. We talk about all things drag race. We have been interviewing all the other queens. We had Raja on the show. Everybody loves Raja. We've had Alyssa Edwards. I mean, just spectacular guests, one after the other. And when we're not doing that, we're recapping the show with Lonnie Love. Lonnie Love and I are both super fans of Drag Race. We've both judged the show in person. We've been in the studio. We have sat next to RuPaul, so we know whereof we speak. And I'm sure as Squirrel Friends, you know whereof you speak. And if you have any thoughts on Drag Race or Squirrel Friends or anything that has to do with the RuPaul Drag Race universe, why don't you DM me 
or Lonnie. You can DM us. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find Lonnie at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram and at Lonnie Love on Twitter. If you DM us, we will read your messages on the show. I read some lovely messages from people who listen to us in the Philippines of all places. Isn't that bananas? I don't know if you know this, but on Wild Presents Plus, they are showing all the global franchises of RuPaul's Drag Race, and there are so much, <laughs> so much Drag Race to pick from. And I've watched all of them. I've watched so much Drag Race that I every time I put on my underwear now, I tuck. It's just by instinct. It's very uncomfortable, but that's what it's done to me. On WoW Presents Plus, you can see Canada's Drag Race. You can see Italia, Espana, France, which is hosted by Nikki Doll. And what did I leave out? Uh, Thailand. Thailand of all places. And there's more to come. There is Germany. There is Holland. Mexico is casting. So if you live on the planet Earth, <laughs> there will be... A drag queen show that's just for you. I'm not kidding. There will be a drag queen Iceland, a drag queen Botswana, a RuPaul's Drag Race Botswana. We will live to see that at some point. And today, we have fantastic queens on the show week after week after week. And and today is no exception. We have none other than Eureka O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> Eureka O'Hara, who has been on Drag Race so many times. You know that she was on season nine. She met Lady Gaga. She rolled her ankle. She came back again for season 10, made it to the top four, and then went on to All Stars, and then went on to become one of the stars of the Emmy-winning HBO program, We're Here, where she and Shangela and Bob the Drag Queen travel to small towns all across America and... Turn people into drag queens and bring the magic of drag to small town America. And living in the divisive time we live in, where people are demonizing each other, it's great that the show is on because it's actually bringing people together. Right? That's what drag does. Everybody say love. RuPaul says it every week. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? A Men, Eureka is part of the love revolution, and we are going to talk to them today. They use the they, them, their pronouns. And somebody told me the other day, um, I don't know what everybody's in such a lather about with the pronouns. People use pronouns all their lives. Like, for example, you could say someone left their phone on the table. You're not saying, oh, some man or woman left his or her phone. I have to be specific. No, you can use those pronouns and we have. So it's just a matter of reframing your focus and notice notice that you've been doing it your whole life. It's not that big a deal. Anyway, Eureka O'Hara is a big deal and we're so excited to talk to her and we're going to do exactly that after these important messages do not go away. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. 
This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. All right, squirrel friends. I'm so glad this is a podcast and not a video so I didn't have to proportionize <laughs> for this interview. Guess who we're talking to? Our guest today has done so many iterations of Drag Race, it would take all day to list them all. You also know them from the Emmy-winning show we're here on HBO. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast my pal, your pal, Eureka O'Hara. Hey! <laughs> hey! Oh my gosh, Alec, my baby. You look fantastic. Your teeth are so white. Thank you, honey. They better be. I paid good money for them. You did. So uh, yeah. after you were on Drag Race for the very first time and you started like having, how much did your income change right away? I'm always wondering it, it, that. It was pretty drastic. Well, it wasn't very drastic at first because I had an injury on season nine. So I That's really couldn't right. work. You know, but once I started doing the touring and things, it was definitely a, a lifestyle change. Mm. You know, but then I was kind of dealt with this issue of my mother getting sick and having to, it was a godsend, really, because I was able to help finance her yes. getting home care, things like that. So it's just weird because it's like the more money you make, the more bills occur. So it's uh-huh. like I was you know, kind of living the same financial lifestyle, just higher or like spending more. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but it was definitely different for sure. Right. So tell us about the experience of you going on Drag Race for the first time. You know, you get the call. Where were you and how many times did you submit? What was my fourth time auditioning? I remember I was like asleep and I woke up to a call Mm -hmm. and I like answered it, got the news and then went back to sleep. So when I woke up, I thought it was a dream. Oh, so, so you were like, you answered it like, hi, okay, thanks a lot, good night. Very that, and she, and I remember <laughs> talking back with, it was Mandy Selangsang who called me and gave me the news. Yeah. And she was like, you didn't seem very excited, so I called back, and I was like, because I saw I had a call from someone, so I called just to make sure, and she was like, yeah, I called you and talked to you, I was like, holy shit, you know, I started yeah, screaming. Yeah, yeah. I ran straight to my mom's house, because, you know, mm-hmm. she saw how much I struggled, even though I loved drag and how bad I wanted it and how many mm-hmm. patents I had competed in. It was always first or second runner up. And, you know, she it was just that opportunity I had to share with her, you know, and we wow. cried together. And, you know, I just, I got ready, got to work. I love your drag journey. We've talked about it before. My tenant, I have an apartment out back of my house and, and Calpurnia Adams lives there. And oh, wow. so much, and she's from Tennessee. And, and so much of yeah. her drag journey and showgirl journey was similar to yours. She worked at a club in Nashville, manning the spotlight and following the girls yeah, and wow. getting hooked up with a drag mom. And that was your journey as well, right? Yeah, very that. I mean, I started like with taking the girls to their gigs and assisting mm-hmm. backstage. And How old were you then? 
16, 17, because I got into the bar with my little fake ID. Oh, Um, my gosh. You know, I was 21 before I was 18. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So walk us through that 16-year-old Eureka going to a drag show for the first time. Oh, my God. Just going into a gay bar for the first time. Yeah. It was scary first. It was terrifying. Uh Uh-huh. I was incredibly uncomfortable, but at the same time, like liberated. Yes. I didn't know how to take it, you know? And I was also like, had this fake ID side, created this persona called Izzy. And I would yeah. only go to the club dressed up, like in suits or like ties. Because <laughs> I thought it made me look older. Okay. Um, but I remember my first drag show, it was just this queen named Felicity Ferraro. I thought she was the sexiest thing in the world. She did bring yeah. And then the lady who became my drag mother, Jacqueline St. James, came out. And the right. smell of Bob Mackie filled the room. Her big old titties and her high 90s ponytail. And yeah. she ripped out of this coat and started dancing and was big and bold and beautiful. And bitch, I was like, one day I'm going to do that. Yeah. And she was a title holder as well, correct? She was like a... She's a former Miss Gay USA at large, 1993. Okay. Tell us about that that pageant, like, because you did it as well, right? Yeah, I competed. I competed in USA pageantry, All-American Goddess, EOY. I competed in everything. Mm-hmm. But USA at large is like my family pageantry because that's where my drag mother won. And she's a legend from that system. Right. Um, so the best I ever got was like fifth alternate the last time yeah. I competed. I was second runner-up the year Trinity Taylor won National Entertainer of the Year. I was second runner-up to All-American Goddess at Large. Like, you know, I was always just maybe a little too much Uh or not enough. You know, it was always one or the other. Or I made bad decisions on final night. Like, I would win talent prelim night and then change my talent final night. And they'd be like, why'd you change your talent when you win prelim night? You do it again. And it was just like learning all the tricks and trades of the pageantry systems, you know, yeah. but that's how queens were known and got booked before Drag Race. Yeah. And I saw you bring all that pageantry training to Drag Race. Oh, for sure. You know, like you had like a lot of pageant hair. I love the. Oh, the, yeah. The love. Uh-huh. <laughs> the loaf is just kind of like, I know immediately that's a pageant girl. I've seen Kennedy Davenport in that air. And so what are your favorite memories from doing Drag Race, specifically Drag Race and All-Stars? You know, I have so many. It was mm-hmm. like meeting Lady Gaga is probably still w- one of my number yeah. ones. Yeah. It was that moment where I realized, holy shit, I'm in Hollywood. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm somewhere I never thought I would be, but I've dreamed of being. It was that moment. You know, it was also, you know, meeting Lizzo and meeting Shania Twain and meeting, you know, the B-52s and seeing RuPaul in drag for the first time. And, yeah. You know, those are the moments where you're like, holy crap. But I would have to say, you know, my my favorite moments, honestly, was just like, was every moment. I love drag so much that yeah. like, you know, I, I, I loved getting to do the finale for season mm. 10. That was my dream, was being a big girl in the top four. Yeah. You know, my mom was there. Even though she was sick, she came in her wheelchair, came all the way to Hollywood. But she got to see you be successful. Oh, she got to see the crowd chanting my name. She got to walk the pink carpet and be treated like a star herself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one of those things. Because gay people, we treat other people's mothers when they're accepting like royalty. Oh, honey, like they are the superstar (laughs) and everyone did. And it was, it made her whole life. She didn't want to go home. It was amazing. Right. right. I love the emerging that you, the looks you served and the talent you served. I mean, because you took the whole elephant queen thing and really ran with it. You know, you, you kind of came out with an elephant headdress and 
All you know, I've seen <laughs> other big queens on the shows and in the international franchises, but nobody has proportionized like you. Is that from the pageant? Well, yeah, I think so. Like I'm looking specifically at your Eureka book look. I mean, the shape is perfect. The purple one with the headdress, it's almost like the Cher Bob Mackie yeah. opening outfit. Uh-huh. Is kind of like all this stuff is built so specifically. Well, you know, I have to customize everything I wear. Even my clothes out of drag most mm-hmm. of the time are customized because I want it to be fashion, you know? Right. And I've just learned to customize life for myself. But, you know, for me, drag, the shape has always been important because it's what makes me feel sexy. You know, I want my I want to be able to wear what little girls wear on my big ass body. Yeah. And the truth is, is like people find that hourglass shape so enticing. That's what they want to see. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just created a teamed up with Patrick Howell and created garments and undergarments that worked to support and suck me in the way I needed. Yeah. Girl, I love to be cinched for the gods. And it's your way of being Sexy. What I love is you're kind of like, you know, we're both in the gay world and everything. And you talk about being 16 years old and entering a gay bar for the first time. And I remember being that age and going, I don't fit in here. I remember thinking, I'm a little Asian boy. I do not fit in with what this is supposed to be. Do you know what I mean? It was all like muscle queens or anything. And like oh, yeah. looking looking back on it now, I just wasn't at that place where I was comfortable in my own skin. But I was just kind of like, what do I bring to this party? What do I have to contribute? And that's when I realized I'm funny and I'm a performer. Did you feel any of that as well? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that's why I was always assisting the queens or taking them to their gigs. It's like growing up so different and big Mm. and, you know, not the most popular. I learned too, you know, that comedy was my route or how can I assist people to gain my position in in, in, or this role? Like, how do I fill a role? Like, what can I bring to the table? And it was always like, how can I give to a situation to feel like I belong? Right. And it took me a long time to learn that I didn't have to do that all the time. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But at first, yeah, that was my survival tactic is like, I'm going to be someone that people need. Yeah. And that really dovetails into we're here because you guys are really like the three drag superheroes that are swooping into the (laughs) rescue into these small towns. And you're going into season three. That must be a very Uh, different animal, mentoring people on the road. I've done reality shows like that, and that's the hardest I've ever worked. It's a lot of work, you know, but it's really rewarding just because I know what it's like to be those people, you know, in the Mm. small town and being different and also seeing the progression, especially in the younger children that we work with, even the straight allies, like... There is a lot of progress, but with a lot of progress comes a lot of pushback at the same time. Correct. You know, so it's just like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We don't want to be superheroes. We're not here to save the day. We're here to Mm -hmm. start conversation. We're here to create safe spaces. And we're here to show you that there are these issues, but there's still so much support here. But I think that is a rescue in and of itself. If you're coming to places where people aren't free to have those conversations, where those conversations are shut down and you guys start those conversations, I think there's something heroic about that. I love the looks on the show in previous seasons. And I love... The, one of my favorite episodes is the New Orleans one, where you teach the lesbian how to dance with her leg. Loved, loved, yeah. loved that child. You know, they were just so brave and confident and had went through so much, losing an arm and a leg, like, yeah. and came back on top and just had such a good spirit. You know, it was just incredible to work with them. 
Yeah, yeah. And just so it's just you really see the power of drag in action in all these small towns. You see the mm-hmm. audience come alive. You see the, the drag queen come alive. It's always fantastic. Now, we just watched cool. the sneak peek of the trailer okay. for season three, Woo! which is now on YouTube. Everybody can watch it. What can you tell us about this season without giving too much away? Well, I can tell you that, you know, what we've done is we've taken notes from fans, from, you know, audiences of like, Obviously, it's a very emotional show. We wanted to Mm. bring that emotion back, but we also wanted to allow some of it to lift up to have some more lightheartedness, even out some of that emotion and that lighthearted and funny, right? So we really worked hard on bringing that to the forefront, as well as, you know, we're in a very political state right now in our country when it comes to LGBTQ rights, women's Mm. rights and so on and so forth. And we really face a lot of those in this season so that those conversations are being started or at least being had on a bigger platform, allowing people affected by those politics to share their stories. So you're going to see a lot of politics. You're going to see a lot of pushback this season, Mm. I think. With, with queer entertainment success is becoming more vocal pushback right. toward our success and progress. But, you know, you're also going to see a lot of support, you know, and people showing right. up to ensure that we are safe and that we are able to continue with our shows. I mean, there's going to be some stuff in there that you're just like, holy crap, I can't believe this is still happening. Right, right. I oh. think what you said is true, though, is like anytime we succeed, there is a pushback. And I was talking with my good friend, Billy Porter, the other day, and Ooh. he says that everybody's so afraid of the change. But he says so much of what I bring to the table is telling people the change has already happened. It's this already happened. You're, you're you're so afraid of. We we do live in a pluralistic society. There are all different kinds of people. There are all different kinds of gender identities. It's you're yeah. we're living among you. We're a part of your lives already and always have been. Yeah, and there's nowhere that we're gonna go. That's the thing. So what we're yeah. trying to do is show Anyway, in these towns anyway, you know, when we're able to change people's minds that first have a different opinion of us and they assume one thing and we show up and do another, then hopefully at least we'll take away some of that fear tactic that's been instilled in their head. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what's happening now. It's, there's, there's a viral video of this girl at a Texas meeting, at a Texas town meeting, and she says, I was never sexually assaulted at a drag show, but you know where I was sexually assaulted? Church. Three times wow. <laughs> by different pastors. I mean, she just went off. She's like, you know, Jesus didn't go into bars and demonize people, demonize communities that we love. And it was really interesting hearing us, you know, a cis hetero a sexual white woman kind of speak vocally at this this yeah. meeting. That's another thing about this season too, is we're really pushing the ally support to the yes. forefront as well and how yeah. important that is. And it is yeah. right now more than ever. We can't move forward without our allies. Hang on, squirrel friends. We got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hello, we are back. Now, on a personal note, you and I have a lot in common. We just worked together recently. Uh, we're hosting the GVN Awards together. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> and I knew you were going to kiss a boy the minute you showed up on set. I and you know, did. It I was know. so sweet. We have a lot in common. We have, we're both not drinking. Yeah. I quit drinking about 14 months ago. And wow. if you could discuss briefly for our school friends the reasons behind that decision. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I'm now eight months and 25 days. Congratulations. Officially. Thank you. You know, I'm proud of myself. I feel clear. I feel refreshed. I feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, towards the end of last year, I lost my grandmother, who was my uh, other arc in my life. You know, yeah. that that staple person with like my mother, you know, they took care of me growing up when I had no one else, no friends, no nothing, you know, mm-hmm. and to lose her too, I felt like I lost the other reason to to thrive, really. Right. I couldn't go home because of COVID. I couldn't see her because of COVID for the holidays. And during that holiday season, I just went into a dark hole and, you know, drank and partied and did everything I could and got sloppy and messy and made poor decisions. Yeah. And so it started affecting. Sloppy and messy in a way that you weren't before or, way, or in ways that you noticed for the first time. Oh, I mean, the way I never was before, like really not paying attention to how it was affecting my relationships, how it was affecting my work, you know, how it was affecting my health, you know, Mm. and right before I made the decision, I went to the doctor and I had a kidney infection. I had a lung (gasps) infection. I had a UTI. I was dehydrated. Oh my gosh. I was everything under the sun. And the next day I tried to go to work and do the show. Um, It was my last, it was a Monday. I was here at Drag Race Live. And that Tuesday morning after I got done with that show, because I was like, let me just push through and have two days off. Right, right. I called the creators of We're Here, actually. I called Stephen Warren and was like, I need help. And he was like, okay, are you sure? And I was like, absolutely. And he had someone there the next morning and took me to... To, to rehab and I was there for 45 days. Oh my gosh. Processed a lot of childhood traumas, a yeah. lot of, you know, adult traumas. I've been through a lot, you know, through assault, sexual assault, abuse in my life and also self-abuse and mm. addiction and things I didn't even realize. And I learned the tools there to survive through that, you know, mm. and learn how to live with it versus numbing it, you know? and right. Here I am, honey. That's the biggest thing for me. Alcohol is kind of like it's I I always used to think I'm not an alcoholic if I can hang on till 4 p.m. Right. And I was able <laughs> to hang on till 4 p.m. And then and then I would even say out loud, yeah, I'm having a tough day, but 4 p.m. I don't get to give a shit. You know what right. I mean? It's like at 4 right. p.m. I'm going to have a drink. And without that, it's forced me to kind of like sit with my vulnerability. Oh, absolutely. To sit with the uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, we're just trying to hide from reality and how we feel versus mm-hmm. processing it versus allowing ourselves to have emotions. 
Right. You know, that's what I learned the most. Is that your takeaway from rehab? Just kind of like processing emotions without the substance? Yeah, I think in understanding that I'm human, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. And understanding that I'm worthy of what I have and the things I don't have, I don't need. You know what I mean? Wow. You know, and what I want in life, and I get to work towards. You know Uh what I mean? And Uh it also taught me to just be nice to myself. You know what I mean? Yes. I know exactly what you mean. We we really crack the whip on ourselves yeah. as queer kids yeah. to kind of like hold it together, be funny, bring something to the party. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, and that will compensate for everything else. That'll compensate for me being the sissy kid or whatever. And then you realize I'm valuable just sitting still. I'm valuable Absolutely. because I'm here. And because I'm a human being and mm-hmm. I can kind of share that value with other people and make them see their value as well. Exactly. And you yeah. deserve the space you're living in. Wow. That's just it. You deserve it. Yeah. And what's interesting is that that's an ongoing process. That's That'll be your process for the rest of your life. Oh, because totally. the old stuff is always kind of like, hi, like a weed. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, remember me? And, oh, uh, it tries. You know, yeah, it tries, yeah. you know, but it's... I've learned that forgiveness is for yourself, not for other people. It is not for anybody know? else. And it's not, you know, forgiving isn't forgetting. Forgiving is learning how to live with the forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's the truth. The best description of forgiveness I ever heard was realizing that there couldn't be any other outcome yeah. in the past and kind of accepting that, you know? I also saw this random thing on TikTok and this woman said something that has just stuck with me. And she said, there's not enough guilt in the world to change the past and not enough insecurity in the world to change the future. <gasps> Ooh, you fucked me up with that part. Whoa. What was the thing about the past? There's not enough. There's not enough guilt in the world to change the past. And there's not enough insecurity in the world to change the future. (sighs) If that's not, put that on. Yeah, I'm forgiving myself for the 20s because I was a bumper car. (laughs) I was a mess. And I was, you know, I was living in New York City all by myself and just a kid. And I'm realizing now, you know, you look back, I look back on that person with so much compassion and Mm. go, listen, you were a kid. You didn't know any better. You did what you did. You know now. And you lived and that's what made you the amazing person you are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be the incredible father, the incredible husband, the incredible queer Asian person to look up to. To after after not having been through all of that. Absolutely. Doesn't it make you like a little less like more forgiving when you see other people being sloppy? Kind of like you can just go, oh, okay, well, they're in it. Yeah, I mean, and it also, I have a different compassion for people too in that situation. Mm. You know, I have a different love and a different understanding. And now I spur conversations like, what happened to you? You know, like, do you want to talk about anything? Right, right. You know, how can I help process some of that? Yeah, nobody's a crazy shelter dog for no reason. Do you know what I mean? It's like, if you're growling and snapping, there's a reason that you're like that. And I'm a little more compassionate about it. But you kind of like... You're yourself right away. I think that's what you bring to the room and why people appreciate your presence is kind of like you come in 100% yourself. And I think that's that's what you're bringing into any situations. Now, you had a Las Vegas residency recently, mm-hmm. right? How long did that go on for? Well, I was actually doing my Las Vegas residency when I left for rehab, so I missed a chunk of it. Okay. And they were so kind to me. So I'm actually starting back in December. Yay! So I will be there all December, potentially January, to kind of just go back and do it right, you know, right, now that I'm right. clear-headed. And 
I'm excited because I just got a house here in Vegas. Yes. So it's going to be nice. I've been setting it up. It's so cute. You know, I still have my place in L.A., Uh but I wanted a home space, you know, right? a place I can create a home energy away from all that chaos. Yes. Well, you need that thing to come home to. Like after a gig, I got to go to my bedroom and close the door (laughs) and just be like, I'm going to be quiet now. It's been incredible. (laughs) You know, how dare Self-care, girl. Yeah. That's what it's about. Self-care and mental health. But the thing that I appreciate about you is I've seen the Rue girls go through it. And I see who handles fame well and who doesn't. And you've handled it pretty well. You and Shangela and Bob kind of all have a pretty tight grip on it. Why do you think that is? Well, I think I've probably handled it the worst out of the three of us. You know, I've really? had my moments. Like, yeah, right after season 10 was a rough time for me. After season nine, obviously, because my injury, I went through a dark time. But I really sheltered and hid that from the world. You know, mm-hmm. and it just, that was some of that trauma. But I learned to get through it with supportive people. I think that me, Bob, and Chandler, all three just have a work ethic that's undeniable one. Uh You know, Bob, you know, he just, he works so hard for the rights of queer people, especially queer black people. Shangela Mm. is a hustler. You know, she is, she's always tried to make her way and she's never stopped. And every time she's been told no, she works 10 times harder, you know, and I think I'm the same way. I think that we all three have been pushed to the side so many times in our life, but we've refused to give up. And, and right. I'm so honored to work with both of them because of that. I know. It's like you've all, the, all three of you have carved out a place for yourselves in the world that on paper shouldn't exist. Well, and that's what what's I mean? amazing about it. You know, and I think that's, that's amazing. Makes us perfect for we're here, you know, yeah. and it's happened. It's everything happens for a reason. None of it's controlled by us. That's something else I've learned. I can't control what happens. I, I know. just control my, the situation, how I react. That's all you can control. But that's like, that is like huge anyway. All right. Yeah. We are actually running out of time and I want to keep okay. talking to you. Wait, just the tea. You said you were yeah. the worst at handling fame. Share with us a bad story of you being famous and being on the road and making a bad decision. Oh, I, I mean, I made like so many bad decisions. Yeah, just me too. In general, like, you know, season nine, I just got really depressed when my knee was healing. Mm. And I just, you know, I fell into a pill addiction for a short period of time. Oh, gosh. What kind? Downers or uppers? Pain pills. Okay. Just the knee, you know, right. and. I had a boyfriend and we were abusive to each other and we put it out on each other. So that was one. I think Mm -hmm. another would have been after season 10, just being so, I was very reactionary online Mm -hmm. towards some of the negativity I was getting. I would just fight with people online when it wasn't my fight and wasn't making anything better. It was just making it worse. But again, that's your, that's your trauma. Do you know what I mean? The trauma makes you reactive and, that's what we all do. I mean, it's kind of yeah. but the fact that you can like talk about it and talk about yourself compassionately is huge. So I ask everybody this. We talked about like, you don't think it's a superpower, but I always think that drag is like a superhero identity. You know, there's Diana Prince right. and there's Wonder Woman. There's Clark Kent and there's Superman. So Eureka is clearly your superhero identity for me when I uh, see you on stage. What would you think your drag superpower would be? Um, I think my drag superpower would be reading minds. I'm so, I have such power with empathy where I feel yeah. like I can read people. So I feel like 
that type of clairvoyance, reading minds, predicting Ooh. future kind of power. Wow, that's a little witchy. Yeah. That's a little bell witch, Tennessee. I'm very much an empath and I can feel people's energies. You know, it's yeah. something I've been gifted with. It's really been a defense mechanism that I had to learn by reading the room and reading sure. people around me Same to thing. keep myself safe. But it's something that it really helps me in my career and it really helps me with we're here and in situations even now when I present myself in situations that could be tense and I'm a big giant, you know, lady thing. Yeah. To them, you know. But you use that superpower to lift up other queens. I see that yeah. all the time. Thank Who you. would you like to see win a season of drag race? Mm. All stars or just in general? All stars. Just like who knocks you out? Um, I would love to see Raj O'Hara. Yeah. Win a season. I would love to see hmm. Who's really that girl? I would love to see Candy Muse win. I think she yeah. really reps for the big girls. I want to see a big girl win. You know, yeah. so I'm for any, Madame Laqueer, honey. I want to see Madame Laqueer win. It's time. We you had a, I mean? there's a British drag queen who won, Lawrence yeah. Cheney, who is a big who girl. I love. So, yeah, so much fun. All right, we talked about those hair loaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your pageant loaves. <laughs> Do you still wear them? And is it like the Bianca Del Rio? Is it a pantyhose that's stuffed with stuff? Well, you know, I don't really do that because I'm trying to take more better care of my hair. So I just yeah. kind of do it in a full wig version where it's just like giant bouffants and beehives instead. <laughs> How many of them do you have? Um, I have a lot of wigs, yeah, actually. Yeah. Moving, My drag room is a monstrosity right now because I'm trying to get these wig stands put together. Uh, but I probably have like 100 wigs easy. Hmm. I met your drag assistant. He was lovely. I bet he's going to be helping you in the Las Vegas house. Well, he's been doing everything else. I've, yeah. you know, they have this thing, Task Rabbit. I've been getting taskers to help me organize it. It's been a oh. lot. Yeah. So it's been oh. amazing. Though. I never yeah. thought of that. Okay. So given your wealth of experience, all the pageants you've done and you've mentored people, people and obviously so many young folks are watching the show watching you as an example so if there's a little Eureka O'Hara watching you in Tennessee right now what advice would you give to that person my advice would be stop hiding because they can see you anyway, girl. You know, the things that you do to shelter yourself in social situations, hiding in the corner, wearing baggy clothes to cover up the shape that you are, you know, masking how you really feel to make other people feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Stop hiding. Come out into the light, girl. The sooner you do it, the happier you'll be. And the more people will actually like you. Right. Right. And it's so funny, like the thing you said about, you know, everybody can see it, you know, in therapy, we say, uh, what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear you. Exactly. (laughs) It's kind of like all the things you're doing to obscure it. It's like a full-time job. Quit. (laughs) And the more you're trying to hide it, the more people sense the fraud. Right. Right. Absolutely. And it's just so much better. Mm. Just kind of admitting that I'm a human being. I'm not perfect. Yeah. I, I make good decisions. I make bad decisions. I have great days. I have bad days and it's just Mm -hmm. part of being alive what's next for you you have the upcoming vegas residency well i have a lot i'm working on you know i'm really wanting to get more into acting so there's a Mm -hmm. few scripts i'm attached to fingers crossed we we all saw you kill it on american horror story you were so good thank you i'm working on a book uh, called custom made I'm creating a custom life for yourself. I'm also working on, um, I have a song coming out called Big Mama. And it's about the mama spirit. I have an event at Heart WeHo with Katie Caden and Sarah Potenza. They're two big girl finalists from The Voice. Yay! Uh, You know, and I'm just going to keep pumping and see what happens, you know? I love it. I love it. You're just a, you're, you're a force of good. 
I see that. I, I notice that every time I see you and every time I've met you. Where can people find you on socials? At Eureka O'Hara, everywhere, girl. Real At easy. Eureka O'Hara, everywhere. You're on the TikToks now. I'm even on the TikToks, girl. <laughs> You can find her anywhere. Well, I'm going to see you in Vegas as soon as I can. And I can't wait to see you again. And and, uh, you're always a pleasure. I love you. Welcome to stay here at the house. I got guest rooms. Don't invite me. I actually show up. Oh, we cook. (laughs) I cook. We'll cook together. I love that. All right. I love you, girl. I love you more. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye, baby. Bye-bye. We have to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after these important messages. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back from our fabulous interview with Eureka O'Hara. You know what I love? I love getting to meet people after having enjoyed their work and getting to know them as a person and finding out that they're just as amazing as they were on the television show. I think that all of our queens that we've interviewed recently have that talent of kind of being an engaging, authentic person right away. Jada Essence Hall certainly had that. Alyssa Edwards certainly has that. And what my takeaway from the interview with Eureka is that she's a genuine, authentic person who cares about people and is genuinely kind and has been through a lot and has made her very compassionate. And that is is what we need more of in this world, folks. When you have compassion for people, it makes you less judgmental. And uh, we all have the ability, certainly I do, to be Judge Judy. But uh, you got to walk a mile in everybody else's heels before you can do that. So thank you, Eureka, for imparting your wisdom and your compassion and your love and your artistry to our squirrel friends today. Oh my gosh. I hope that you got something out of it today. And if listening week after week, remember to tip your queens on social media, all right? We talk about so much about the journey of drag and everything. When you see a queen on Drag Race, on television, that is the tip of the iceberg, 
right? There's a whole journey before that till they finally broke through the surface that they've been through. They have been through racism. They have been through homophobia. They have been through transphobia. And so the last thing they need when they go on social media and open Twitter or Facebook or Instagram is more hate. So let's change the culture of the RuPaul's Drag Race fandom and show everybody love. If you want to show Lonnie Love, who's not here today, your love on social media, you can do so at Comic Lonnie Love on Instagram and at Lonnie Love on Twitter. You can find me at Alec Mappa on Instagram and Twitter. DM me nonstop. Follow me. I love reading all of your messages. And I do. You can listen to Squirrel Friends, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us five stars, please, and tell a friend. You can catch up on past episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race and All Stars on Paramount+. Plus. We love you. We're so grateful that you tune in week after week. Tune in next week. We'll have more Squirrel Friends fun. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.